Register. Welcome to the Riverdale Register. Best episode ever. Good job. One take. Perfect always. I'm John. <laughs> Hi, I'm Caitlin, and uh, welcome back and back and back to another another episode of the Riverdale Register. John, should we tell them what happened? Friends, I have been defeated. Yes. You may have noticed that this season I was trying something new in the edit to start each episode with a previously on where I would show like a blooper or an outtake from the previous episode, you know. To make it seem more relatable. Yeah, no, John was really excited about this way before he even started doing it. So I was like, yeah, you go, John. You go live your dreams. But to do that, it requires jumping in and out of different GarageBand projects. And it turns out uh, GarageBand is a silly little app that gets confused. And when you put too much on its plate, it can drop things like your entire episode. Your entire episode, but it's okay because that only happened once, right? Twice. Twice. Oh, no, that happened twice. But, like, that happened twice, like, a while ago, right? But, like, not right. No, not back-to-back. Not not back-to-back episodes we did record twice. So what happened today, <laughs> I found an app that could restore lost lost files. Cool. Oh, it found the, it found the audio files. My problems were solved. Uh, but to get those audio files, I had to pay $90. And then... Once the audio file was restored, it, it wouldn't go into GarageBand. It wouldn't play through QuickTime Player or iTunes. It, it wouldn't do anything. And so here we are again, friends. We may start that Patreon page that we always said we would never start. I, I ate a lot of money today. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for throwing your life on the line. And, and yet here we are. And yet here we are. But you know what? There are worse things. Like, I don't like know. Like this episode of Riverdale. It wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. We definitely had better feelings, I think, about it the first time we had to record it. Though. We're going to be a, probably <laughs> a bit harsher than we were before on this one. And we may just eradicate certain plots entirely. Uh, in the interest of... Sanity. Sanity. We're going to skip our reviews and do those next week. But we love each and every one of you who wrote reviews this time. You guys are saints. It meant a lot. We did read them. They were very kind. Yeah, they and were so nice. And you all will hear them. You'll hear them eventually, yes. Um, but yeah. Can't let tell me about the title of this episode. This title is Hereditary, which is the Tony Collette movie from 2018. Uh, so cool. So many spoilers. So many spoilers. Can't really tell you anything about it. But basically, it's a family... Uh, it's a movie about a family um, and a mother, Tony Collette, who is grieving, and a lot of weird shit happens. I can't really spoil anything more. What? Who wrote the episode? Who directed the episode, John? This episode is written by James DeWill and Gabriel Correa. Uh, we've mentioned them both before. Uh, Gabriel directed the first episode of the season, Cool Stuff, and James has written a whole bunch of episodes. Uh, I'm not pulling up his IMDb right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We love you. Thank you for your gifts, and thank you for your contributions. John. Kaylin, with, with whom, with whom's story should we begin? Let's, let's do Cheryl's in literally three sentences. I'm going to just... All right. Do we each want to take a crack at three sentences or... Yes. Okay. Okay. So John and I already talked about how if we had to cut down on time for this episode, for sanity's sake, we would nix Cheryl's plotline entirely. I think we should just shorten it. Cheryl, her weird family comes to town, much to her chagrin. 
they are like, we want to sell the maple syrup That's business. what they sound like. They sound like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. No, you can't go in the chapel. Right. They want to go in the chapel, light a pagan candle. Uh, <laughs> as you do. As you do. Cheryl is like, no, because the corpse of my dead brother is there. Stop look, trying to look at my corpse. <laughs> Apparently, Dagwood chokes on a ping pong ball, but I'm not sure if that's real. I honestly don't remember. They drown a doll. They drown the doll to get rid of the spirit of Julian, who's definitely living in the walls. Anyway, Tony kills a man. Tony kills a man because they find the body of Jason and the uncle really wants to send Cheryl to an insane asylum, which is necessary. I mean, like, Cheryl needs help. Yeah. Anyway, should we go to Archie's plot? Yeah, let's go to Archie's plot. So it turns out the youths aren't motivated by crime. They're not motivated by fear. They're motivated very specifically by pizza and video games. <laughs> and Archie's like, I'm trying to, trying to save the kids, you know? She's in a better way. And they're like, give us pizza and video games. So he does. So... Which is not a sustainable business model. Not a sustainable business model. Also, I no longer feel bad for these children who clearly are just selfish little fucking brats. We should talk about... Uh, Archie should get better security for his gym if Dodger's able to just get in the middle of the night and trash everything. Like, buddy. Yeah. That's not This great. is also the man who thinks that he can just appease nine-year-olds forever, though. There's a cool scene where Hiram's like, Archie, I'd like to offer you a blank check to help you in your troubles. And Archie's like, well, no, because you're you, and, like, we have a history. And he's like, that's fair. Yeah, you should never take money from your ex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dodger figures out Archie is the Black Hood. Ish? Mm-hmm. <sighs> he doesn't know he's the Black Hood yet. But we know. Here, he's the black hood if by black hood means he wears a black hood. And also, there's only so many costumes, I guess, that the Riverdale costume department has access to. I don't really know why. could have been a blue hood. It could have been a dark blue hood. When Archie suits up, he doesn't change. He just adds the masks to the outfit he's already wearing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, like, Dodger's not the only person who figured this shit out. Like everyone, FP already knows, and he's everyone. like, "I guess I'm, I'm fine with this because I have no deputies. I just cannot get around this town fast enough." Does Kevin's dad have a job? Is he in the show anymore? I don't know. Did he? Like, we get haven't a seen pilot? him all season. Maybe he got a pilot. Maybe he's doing really well, and they're just not going to address it. Uh, maybe Riverdale. <laughs> maybe maybe when Kevin got back from the farm, he went home and he was like, "Dad," and his dad was just gone. He's like, "Okay." He and Mayor McCoy are like off on a honeymoon or something. There was that one scene in like the first episode where they were jogging together. Done. There and he is. So he's still on that path. Yeah, he just is in a... I think he's unemployed. You know what would be cool? FP, like, hire him. Right, I know. I was going to say, it's like, do you think that it's maybe tense because it's like you have my... Like, you don't want to work for your old It's weird that we don't talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like they don't give Kevin many things to do. (laughs) I don't know. Archie goes into his mom and is like, Mom, I know you've been missing my plot line for the last couple weeks, but it got really violent. I need to get down right now. And then their house gets shot up. So Dodger has a gun, and yet Dodger always, like, leaves his gun places where he can't shoot Archie. Like, it's very weird. I never understand that trope of guys carrying guns in their pants pointed directly down at... It seems dangerous. Yeah. I'm very scared of guns, so... Me like, too. Like, okay, you want to know why I'm so scared of guns? I, I talk about... Because you're scared you're going to kill someone with the gun. That is also true. But have you ever seen The Sixth Sense... 
Yeah. Okay. That's like one of my favorite movies. I talked about it incessantly yesterday for no reason. Anyway, I also ordered yesterday the two books in the Six Sense book series that I didn't read from 2000. There's a book series? There is. I will loan you the books after because I know you want to read them. Uh, That's why you said that. There's a book series? I want to read that. I heard it. Anyway, no, there's a scene where it's like a kid in 70s, like Partridge Family clothes. It's like, I want to show you my dad's gun because he's a ghost. And then you see that, like, his head is, like, blown out. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. And that was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Never going paintballing with my friends. Never playing laser tag. I'm kidding. We play <laughs> oh, laser tag. I have a, a I have a paintball story. We're like, I, I wanted to get into paintball <laughs> as, a, as a kid. And I, like, I, at school, this one kid was, like, hosting a paintball tournament at his house. I'm like, oh, this will be cool. I'll, like, take pictures or something and, like, learn about paintballs. But turned At out his like, house? Right. I, I thought it was, like, a venue, but then we arrived and it was, like, his house. And there was, like, four people there. I was like, oh, this is fucking weird. But they still taught me about paintballs. And I, like, I went out for the first time and I got shot. And it hit me right yeah. in my in my belt buckle. And and I didn't like, get hurt at all. And oh, I was like, I oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry. The parents let them shoot paintballs inside? No, in the backyard. Did he have a big backyard? Like into the woods. Okay. Jersey. That's, that's yeah. Okay, that's cool. I, I don't know. That. I'm just thinking about like my backyard, <laughs> which my and also my parents. Who that would have made sense in my backyard growing up too. Yeah, big, yeah. big one by the woods. That's cool. I even had the same thing, but I did not. So. Archie talks to Hiram about Dodger. Hiram's like, "Well, I'm not going to hurt someone. Come on, I'm an upstanding businessman." Then they both laugh, and he leaves the room. And then Archie and Reggie are showing up to the gym the next day, and they find Dodger gift-wrapped and beaten up for them, which I don't know how that helps anyone. No, it doesn't. It makes a lot of things worse, honestly. Like, if he was beaten up and delivered with contraband on him or, like, evidence or something, Hiram would have helped, but instead he just beat a guy up, and he was like, their boyfriend, there you go. Are you saying that Hiram maybe makes things worse? Maybe makes the show less watchable? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think he had the two best scenes this week. I so. know, but like in general, the battle versus the war, John. It's, I don't think Hiram is the problem. I think the writing around Hiram is the problem. I think no one knows how to do white collar crime, so they turn it into a lame gangster. And now right. they're like trying to keep that up when he's a gangster who fights children. Uh, <laughs> so to be fair, white collar crime when everyone's in high school and pretty much has no money is not that interesting either. No, I, so. I, I agree. It's almost like it was a, a flawed plan to begin with. Mm. Not blaming anybody, but I mean, if you just want Archie and Hiram to have that will they, won't they, like at least let them kiss. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, it's the second recording. We can be weird, right? We can push the envelope. <laughs> We can say weird things about Archie. I'm imagining that that, that Hiram Hermione scene entirely the same, but replacing Hermione with Archie. Oh, God. I feel uncomfortable. Because here's the thing, guys. When we first watched the Hiram Hermione scene, I texted John, and I was like, John, I want to die. I've never been less attracted to these two people. I don't know why. Because they're very, they're very hot, Objectively, I think we can say, like, good-looking human beings. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Putting them together shouldn't make me want to be ill. Oh, but... And yet, it did. You want want to talk about Veronica's stuff? Yes, vile, yes. So, Emosa, who I really am just going to call evil Veronica, Mm -hmm. now lives in town. 
Uh, and Hiram's very excited to return to his true passion, which is rum. Which is weird, because last week his true passion was mayor of Riverdale. <laughs> and they don't talk about it. It's not. At all. It's not a thing anymore. That was last week. Come on. That was last week. Now he has a new <laughs> hobby. It's, it's alcohol. And evil Veronica's like, not only am I a PI, I also run clubs down in Miami, and we're all getting into rum now. I mean. So he's sure. a pirate now. Sure. They're pirates. I can't wait until a publicist sends me a bottle of Hiram rum. Mm-hmm. And Veronica... That's the goal. <laughs> Veronica hired Hermione to work in Le bon Nut, which is just like a step down from when she was working at Pups. Pops. Oh, yeah. And now Veronica's working at Pops. Veronica owns Pops. Right. But, you know, Veronica... Hermione worked at Pops. Veronica owns Pops. But she owns Pops, but she works there also. Yes, she also does not have the capital to... All their employees are children... Uh, and do I don't know if they have to pay them, pay uh, them minimum wage or... Do you think they just pay them in, like, pizza? Do you do you think... Uh, you know what's funny is, like, she's like, hey, I'm providing all this food for the youth center, but her employees are all youths who need the youth center, so she's just making the kids feed themselves. That's okay. That's like a community kitchen. Yeah, I don't know if there are enough available jobs in Riverdale to sustain all the children that Archie wants to get off the streets. I also you know, don't you know, know what, you know what they could do to, to open a lot of jobs up? What? Start a drive-in movie theater. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, did they just close? The that, close? that closed at the first season. Right, to do the... That would have been... Yeah. I feel like that was like, a, we're going to close this because it's a lot of money to shoot all this outside. Well, yeah, also just like... I know. Her the first season was, was more raw and more real, written by the original author and not this oh, person who's your grandfather, in. you mean? Yeah. Yes, of course. Of course. We know. We know, no. We we'll know. get there. Uh, this, damn it, now our jokes are insides and references to the thing that happened and didn't happen. It's very confusing. If you guys heard the first episode, you'd get these jokes. And if not, I don't know, you'll never find it. Oh my god. It's gone forever. We can't find it. The expensive program on the internet can't find it. We're just gonna have to make the same jokes. That's okay. Uh, so like... Hiram comes home and seduces Hermione. I think it's a cool scene. I think it's an important scene. I think it's it, it fills in a lot of blanks of how Hermione keeps letting this guy back into her life. Uh, it's not good for her. It doesn't does not present her very well. But I think it is impo- is good for story. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Is that bad? No, no it's gross. <laughs> but it's not. No, you're not totally wrong. It's just disgusting. And then uh, Veronica comes home and sees the stuff, and she's like, Dad, you're back. I don't want you here. And he's like, stop being jealous of your sister. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not jealous of my sister. Then looks like, oh, I think I'm jealous of my sister, which is weird because she definitely wasn't until he said that. It's almost like Hiram has to convince Veronica that she doesn't have valid reasons to be mad at him when she has like right. a zillion good, valid reasons to be mad at him. This isn't even, like, a me taking Veronica's side. This is like you tried to kill her boyfriend. Yeah, right. Like You're not mad at me because that time I sent your boyfriend to jail. You're mad at me because you're jealous of your new sister and you keep seeing those gaslights lit at night. And they're not. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So, evil Veronica tells her about her backstory. Hey, I was born out of a one-night stand with my mom, and then your dad paid all of my life. He was really specific about my education so I could be incredibly useful to him, but I think that means he loves me, so. Did he say that it was a one-night stand with mom? 
she said it was like a one-off. The fling. And yet, then he was like, I guess I, she's a part of my life now. Yeah, she's a part of my life forever, but <laughs> forever. I'm never going to tell anyone else about it. Right. I don't really think this makes you a good father. This just makes you a good problem solver. Mm-hmm. So later when Veronica returns home, she finds uh, evil Veronica behind her dad's desk with a picture of her behind the board. And it's like, oh, but her dad was telling Veronica earlier that she'll always be his favorite. And now evil Veronica's like, no, he said I'm his favorite. It's almost like he lies. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And so, like... Archie's his favorite. I feel like I don't don't know evil Veronica any better because I truly only see... Amosa. Veronica. Like, she's just... Just the same thing. Mm. I wish that this was... I don't really know why it has to be a secret half-sibling. I wish it was just, like, her half-sibling that we never talked about. <laughs> because this is No, just, it's her full sibling who she right, keeps she, pretending doesn't exist. So fucking rude, man. So rude. What do you... Veronica, I just said I was leaving for a couple of years <laughs> to start the, the, the businesses in Miami. I don't know you. You're dead to me. <laughs> You're dead to me. I don't even know you. They're removed from my brain. I'm daddy's favorite. Petty, petty, petty younger siblings. So, so uncool. You want to go to Betty? Betty! The one that yeah. really bothers me? Yes. Hey, uh, Caitlin, who don't I like? Chick. I don't like Chick. You don't like Chick. Who, who, who's, who's back in this episode? Um, Hermosa. That's right, Hermosa's back <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, but Chick is here too. I'm very upset that Chick is back. Here's the thing. Like I told you last episode, but you guys don't know about it. They love Hart Denton. He must be so much fun. He has all the good parties. He knows all the cool spots in Vancouver. We want Hart back. They all signed a petition. They had to wedge him in there, but they made it happen. And honestly, just let them be happy. They bring us so much joy. Now that I work on production, it is funny to hear those conversations. So... We're filming this episode of NCIS. Nickus. Right. And I read the shooting, or the, the writer's draft, and I'm like, oh, this character dies. Like, I don't know him super well, but uh, the other PA is like, pulls out his picture. It's like, no, but he's fine. He's really hot. He can't die. And then? And then and all of the producers are like, yeah. Oh, he's too pretty to die. Why can't he just be in a coma? He does die in the episode, but it was really funny hearing the entire office go. It was like, but he could just be in a coma. Just checking, is this a huge spoiler for NCIS this season? Um, you don't know who I'm talking about. That's true, I don't. I've, I watched every single episode of NCIS. Some guy who's in NCIS dies at some point. But he's hot. NCIS will kill anyone. So like we they, can narrow it down? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's the hot one. He's the hot one? Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A TV star is attractive? Uh, a guest star. A guest star is attractive? Hmm. Mm. I'll make my, mur- my murder board. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. So, uh, Kevin says Charles is gay, so Charles is gay now. It's apparently well, how it is. I guess he's always been gay if we are living by this rule where I've, Chick's speech is the, his weird story about the hotel oh, is real. I just think the show, like, needed us to just think he's gay. So they just had characters who are gay keep saying he's like, gay. probably gay. So that you're like, I guess he's gay. Is this how I... I guess they know he's gay. Yeah. Is this, like, how I just assume everyone's gay? Right. Uh, yeah. Well, bye. Bye. I assume everyone's bye until other ones noted. Yeah, so Betty... You never hurt that way. Betty's like, I don't know, Charles seems normal. Well, that can't be true. So I guess I'll go to my serial killer fake brother who (laughs) 
dressed up as a monster for an entire year and terrorized the town, he'll give me the truth. He'll give me the answers I need. He's like her brother-in-law now. That's weird, right? Think about it. It's weird. They're family. I mean, like, he'll come to Thanksgiving. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's dating her brother. It's weird. If if they get over all of this, which honestly they might. (laughs) Yeah, for all we know. Yeah, they do. That would actually, listen, if you like Hart Den so much, fucking redeem chick, okay? Don't bring him back as another, as as being evil because it's not interesting. But like. His his villainous plan is always just like, and then I'm going to mess with Betty. (laughs) I'm going to bother her so hard. I'm going to drink her milk. I'm going to tell her lies. I'm going to get her to, to be a cam girl for one day. <laughs> that is such a good chicken precious. Like, it's like his weird, like, Do you like thing. that, Betty? Yes, it's like actually really good. I'm really impressed. We could do a whole thing in just the voices. Oh, I don't like chick. You don't like chick? Oh, you could be chick. You'd be the thing you hate. <laughs> oh, Betty goes to Charles. <laughs> Betty goes to Charles, and she's like, Hey, my brother who I shouldn't trust told me all these things about you. Prove him wrong. <laughs> with a lie detector. So instead of... This this is the part that I have a lot of issues with. Apparently, the story that Chick said about them both finding that... He said that he killed Charles, and there were, like, bloody blankets or something... And then some neighbor right. saw them. I don't right. really know. Right. And we were like, I guess that's how Charles died. Right. And we're like, okay, neat boat. Obviously, he's coming back. Or, no, this guy. Or, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, we're like, okay. We were like, yeah, probably he's alive. But, like, okay. Like, if they don't want to bring him back, fine. <laughs> yeah, he's dead, sure. Burning through story here, I guess, for the show, that they have to bring this guy back. Why does this have to be true at all? Because <laughs> what Charles says is he's like, yes. Betty, I was a drug addict. Chick killed someone. Then I came in, got the body, destroyed it in line. Now they let me be in the FBI. Right, right. The, <laughs> but the trace in the story of, of, of Charles Cooper was like, boy goes to Alice's door and Alice is like, I don't know you. And then boy goes back and dies of drug overdose with Chick. And then when Betty and Alice find Chick, he's like, yes, I am your son. And they're like, cool, live in our house. But then it turns out, no, there was a real Charles who was the boy who came to their house. Unclear. Uh, wasn't the one who died. That was someone else. Joined the FBI. <laughs> later found Alice separately. Was like, hey, undercover. That led to all of last season. And then he's like, but also that was all long con to help Chick fuck with Betty. <laughs> yeah, Chick's out. Why would you tell Betty this? Is it because he wants because, to pass a lie detector? Because Betty can't read a lie detector. He can tell her whatever he wants. But if it's true, if it's... Okay, if it's true, it's obviously not the whole truth, right? Mm-hmm. So was he so worried about not passing a lie detector, he's like, I might as well just tell her that I killed someone? That's the thing. I don't get it. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. He should just be like, I was a drug addict. That's true. None of the other stuff is. None of the stuff that we're recording that I could then be fired from my cushy job at the FBI, where right. I just investigate someone. He's, he's a real FBI agent also, <laughs> among think, all of this. We think, unless he like murdered some kid and stole his identity, but it seems very legitimately real. The FBI has apparently way more standards for... And like, they're totally chill with like going to hide a body with the sheriff. Yeah. Very well, mad about this turn. 
Because Charles being evil and manipulating them to trust him by helping them hide in the body is not as interesting as Charles being bound to the letter of the law and actually operating against his family because they're wrong and he's right. Right. I agree. I I think that's a much better plot. Unless he's as shady as the Coopers and he wants to like... the shady man. Yeah, the shady man. He is the shady man. Oh my God. Risen from the dead. Wait a second. You're not Charles. We killed Charles in season two, buried him, and dissolved his body with lie. <laughs> what? Who are you? I'm Charlie. Wait, what if? What if, what if the shady man was Charles? <laughs> oh no. That's oh. new new fan theory. They killed Charles in season two, and every year we're gonna get another fake Charles. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Until he gets a spin-off, like, like Charles Keene. Charles in charge. Charles. And it's just all the different Charles Coopers. It's different from Charles in charge because Charles is in charge. Right. All the Charles. Charles is, a, like, Charles is apostrophe, but no S after yep. it because of the... It's exactly. Continuous, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're very unhappy here. Yeah. Uh, Betty apologizes to Charles. So then Charles gets to go back to Chick and be like, it went smooth as cream. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Which is grosser, him saying it went smooth as cream or Hiram and Hermione having sex? Smooth as cream. What if Hiram said to Hermione, you're smooth as cream? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that make you die? Then I would throw up in my mouth. <laughs> no, I would throw up everywhere. Oh, oh, no. Disgusting, vile, disgusting. Well, they love each other. Look, Chicken I sh- Charles. Here's the thing. I'd love to be like, I don't ship it, but I do ship it. I'm just, I ship it. I'm an so like, of chaos like chicken. It's implied almost that Charles and Chick are the same age, but like Charles definitely looks 10 years older yeah, than Yeah, for Chick sure. Does. They're not the same age. Anyway. Oh, wow. Are we already on Jughead? Did we have uh-huh. another plot one? Damn, we're breathing through this episode like zoop, zoop, zoop. This is what happens. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Jughead and Betty meet at Pops. He's having a crisis because he can't work on that Baxter Brothers novel that they want to sell. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. And Betty's like, I okay. have a solution. Kiss me. He's like, no, I think I should break down how the book's formula is put together and then try to use that. She's like, or you could kiss me. Kiss your girlfriend. Kiss your girlfriend. Uh, so Jughead analyzes the books, and he, after one night of doing that, is like, hey, I think my grandfather wrote the first book. Imagine if he was wrong. <laughs> Imagine if he's making this a whole fucking thing and he's wrong. If it does turn out, it's like, oh no, DuPont did write that first book. <laughs> he just tried harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he realized that this is he like a why He really novel. phoned it in yeah. after that. Yeah. He doesn't actually need it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said the book was better. In the first one, in a political commentary, characters of summer jobs, things felt raw and real. And guys, he's describing season one of Riverdale. I think this is a weird commentary on the show itself. Is that it felt more real and and, and, and stronger and better in season one than it did in season two. Which is why I think the name of Roberto is a pseudonym. Uh, the guy who's been who's been in all the interviews is just an actor who they have going around. There's been some different guy for seasons two onward, and the original Roberto is, yes, you, listener, your grandfather. Yes, and Roberto is an anagram for your grandfather. <laughs> your grandfather is almost an anagram for almost. your grandfather. Right. It's, it's almost. Right. That's right. Because while there is no material written by the original Forsyth at Stonewall, because they disappeared him 
Uh, it's just a weird filing thing they do is they destroy everything you've ever done. There. I actually kind of feel like that's probably okay and probably a good way to do it. It's policy. Yeah. Uh, no permanent records. But there is, uh, he did write in the uh, lit mag at Riverdale after he vanished, but before he disappeared. What? What do they mean by disappeared? I don't understand. You, you know you know how I'm here now? Right. Uh, not that. Not that. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, gone. Cool, cool, cool. But you wrote a book and you left it behind? Yo, shh. Okay, it's no, we won't tell. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, called no. the Bible. Right, I don't want to jump out the window. It's called the Bible. Uh, Jughead finds a story written by Frosty Pajamas, and he says, oh. and I quote, Think about it. Frosty is almost an anagram for Forsyth. And pajamas are PJs. P and J, Pendleton Jones. It makes total sense. <laughs> Someone really didn't want to go on an anagram creator on the internet and find out what was actually an anagram for Forsyth. Ironically, he really buries the lead because the next thing he says is, also there's characters from the Baxter Brothers books right. in, this pre-dated bo- in this predated story. Yeah, there's like somebody like Benny Button or something like very specific. Right. Benny Buttons. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, you know, that's weird otherwise. So Jughead goes straight to Mr. DuPont and he's like, uh, hey, I think you stole this book series from my grandfather. And he's like, no. Yeah. Also, I hate you. Also, <laughs> shut up. Also, don't tell anyone that shit. Also, I hate you. Uh, yeah, and honestly, just transfer schools, Jughead. This was a bad experiment. Cool scene, though. Honestly, I did really like the heel turn. We all knew this was going to happen, but it was well acted and well done. This is the best plot in the whole season. Yes. Yeah, by far. Uh, though I do think that Mr. DuPont as the bad guy is is a waste of a perfectly good Sam Witwer as Mr. Chipping, who jumps out a window. Yeah, like swan dives basically out the window. Jughead goes to Mr. Chipping, says, hey, he just yelled at me, and... He just yelled at me. (laughs) He just yelled at me, and you stole these novels from my grandfather? And he's like, well, then I should do the right thing. Jump out of the window. (laughs) And the next time I see my class, he jumps right out of the window. What? He's dead? None of the other kids do anything. (laughs) The scariest part about it is that they all don't even, like, get up or gasp. They just sit in their seats. Right. So did they make him jump out the window with their minds? (laughs) I don't really understand. (laughs) Stonewall Prep is full of psychics. They're psychics, but like sociopaths. Right, socio-psychics. It's like a scanner situation. Uh, socioeconomic majors. Uh, <laughs> We're not big fans. So, Mr. Chipping is dead. Well, maybe. Mr. Chipping is gone. Right, disappeared. Uh, and that's disappointing, because I thought it would have been really cool if it was like, Mr. DuPont was like, yes, and I feel bad, that's why I've been so nice to you, I want... To, 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 to make things right, and then Mr. Chipping could have been like, no, because I need this, and like, got in the way. What if, what if Mr. Chipping comes back with just his arm in a cast? So anyway, that was pretty rough last week. <laughs> Guys, how's your novels going? <laughs> and no one says anything. <laughs> it was all a waste of time. It would have been fun. They're getting a new teacher, and it's not Celeste Ng or Ian McEwen, two very real writers. It is... Mr. DuPont. So, he, you know who he reminds me of? Who? Sean from The Good Place. Oh, yes. Who does a podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot yeah. the guy's name, but he's cool. Yeah. Much like him, Mr. DuPont is a nasty bitch. Nasty bitch. I love that guy's voice. 
He, he, he has yeah. a great voice. He's yeah. like in an, he's in probably like a bunch of cartoons that I can't think of, but like he's very like. Did you watch the latest episode? No. Oh, how, buddy. What, how many are left? Uh, this is episode eight of the season, so there's five more. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. But the stakes just jumped right up. I'm going to probably just binge it all because I'm pretty behind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's such an easy binge. Do you want to do some, uh, some uh, superlatives? Are we done? Yeah. Damn. What do we waste time on for the rest of our podcast? Uh, really breaking down stuff. Oh, yeah. Like doing a better job? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's usually what it's about. That's okay. I hope people are enjoying this. Yeah. I, I hope this isn't, this doesn't feel sucky. No, no, no. I think that this is really fun for everyone. <laughs> it's fun for me, and I did this already, so think about that. Here's my main superlative for the episode. Class clown, me. You. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Um, class couple, Hermione and Hiram. Just kidding. No, I, chicken, I agree. Chicken Charles. Chicken Charles. The, the chick, chickies. The little, ch- what is their ship name? Chicarls. <laughs> You're welcome. Chicarls. Chicarls. You're going to say Chark? <laughs> chark. That's worse. You're right. That is worse. Or Chickles. Chickles is also worse. Honestly, they're all really bad. I'm actually really on board for Chickles now. Chickles? But you know what? Fine. But I'm also not on board for this story. Yeah. yeah. Down with Cheryl's story. Down with Betty's story. Down with Veronica's story. You're down with... Up with Jughead's story and up with Archie's story. That's right. That's right. The boys have the better stories right now. You're down with Cheryl's story? You mean like you're in it or you're no, like... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm poo-poo on that oh, one. Oh, because you were like, yeah. I'm down for Cheryl's story. No, like, no, 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 no. That's not how you framed it I'm very, I'm very... Sorry. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad feelings towards Cheryl's story. Taking advantage of Tony turning into an object and an accessory for Cheryl. And now an accessory to murder. Uh, and we probably won't hear about that again. Do you, don't you think that Cheryl just needs her own spinoff? Like, get her out of here. Get everyone who's not the core four out here. It feels like she's already in her own spinoff. Right, exactly. She doesn't see anyone else or do anything with anyone else. Put my girl in the CW seed. I guess, sure. Put make Crimson Peak show just about Cheryl. It's just too ridiculous. She's turning into a character of herself. She said, like, why for thou in this episode? I know, She referred to a police officer as a constable. Like... (laughs) She's not okay, and the people who are who are closest to her are not offering her help, and these truly boring side characters in the one episode are like, no, we should send her to an institution. And no. they're technically right, even though the show frames them as wrong. The show's been doing a very weird thing where it frames things that are clearly wrong as the right thing to do. Like, you know, hiding the body once again. Right, yeah. It's just like, I don't understand the politics going on here anymore. Because uh, Archie's like, I gotta save the kids. <laughs> but then Charles and FP are like, we gotta make sure that body stays hidden. <laughs> and Veronica's like, Wait, question. Rum. Does Archie know that Betty and Jughead buried that guy's body? No, he. I don't think he knows about that. Does he know about that? Do you think he'd be mad to find out? He'd probably be like, you did what you had to do. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> let's get back to anyway, my thing. Anyway, milkshakes. Yeah, let's get back to, let's get back to my saving the town yeah, soul. No, Jughead's plot is the best one. We're clearly hurtling towards that death. I think it's going to be dope as hell. And... Everything well, else really feels like we're trying to buy time until this, the back half of this Jughead story hits. Was there no flash forward? Oh, uh, we're in Rumordale, by the way. There oh, was no hi. flash forward. 
Okay. That's weird, though. That's that's what I, I think. Everyone's stories who aren't Jugheads are kind of just like, well, we got to do something until the Jughead thing happens. I wish that they did it like Christmas break instead of spring break. I wish they operated in mini arcs. Yeah. You know, where like every four to six episodes, something kind of mm. big happens and then they get to start fresh because the show fucking loves starting fresh and it loves ending things. Mm. But man, do you get saggy in the middle. So like just do more smaller things. Yeah. Than this one big thing. Well, because they already burn through storyline very quickly. Like it's not like, oh, there's so much story. We got to like milk it for what it's worth. It's like they're already... You know, it's like, I feel like we already kind of got the whole, okay, and Jughead's grandfather clearly wrote these books. Clearly, they did something bad to him. I don't know. I don't really know. The Maybe they the lobotomized him. What if they, like, lobotomized him or something like that? But we almost did the Debetti last season. Yeah, but what if they did it again? I'm sure I guess. Archie became a vigilante it's, three this times. Is, this is Riverdale's version of the Uncle Nicky plot from This Is Us. Okay, I love that. And it is not going to be as good as that. I predicted the Uncle Nicky plot from, like, day one. The second I saw that there was a brother... The moment you found out he ever existed was the moment you're like, he's alive! I know, and I was right. But, like, who didn't think that? Uh, Apparently a lot of people on the internet who were very upset when I made a headline that said, Uncle Nicky's alive, just like I thought. Not kidding, that was literally that. You gotta stop making enemies on the internet with your articles. (sighs) You're You're the real lowest lane of entertainment news. Does she make enemies with her articles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's famously... Uh, Spoilers on, TV? Uh, no, no, Lois Lane of the comic books? No, of Batman, yeah. Of, of Superman. Whatever. Of, I like, know. decades of history. Right, right, I, right. I can't spoil anything. There's too much, no, too many things. No, no, things. I mean, does she also spoil TV for her audience? Oh, no. She um, spoils criminal plans for her enemies. Oh, well, she's never seen a rabbit in this <laughs> so I don't really feel that bad. I don't know what Lex Luthor's into. Yeah, uh, This Is Us. <laughs> Lex Luthor's maybe. a huge This Is Us fan. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. Anyway. Yeah. What are you looking forward to right now? Ooh, okay. So a uh, show on Hulu right now called Dollface. I think it's really cute. It's about a girl whose boyfriend dumps her after five years, and she has to kind of re-assimilate into the world of, like, women friendships. And it's hard for her... Because she really, like, ditched all of her friends when she started dating a guy. But it's more than just, like, oh, I'm going to ditch my friends because I have a boyfriend. Bye. It's more, like, why did she feel uncomfortable, like, being a part of, like, a women-centric friendship in the first place? And kind of, like, exploring that a little bit. And maybe why did she use the boyfriend, like, as a crutch in the first place? Mm -hmm. And it's also magical realism. Like, she's driven through girl world by like a cat played by not Amy Sedaris though it does sound like her um what's her name uh from from the Mindy Project I forget her name but she's very funny Mm. yeah anyway what about you is it is it Mindy no (laughs) (laughs) definitely not Mindy but maybe oh that's it it's Project yeah no um <laughs> right, that was her name. Um, yeah. uh, I am now excited for Mr. Robot's final season that we're in the middle of. They did an episode that was a heist episode. That's fun. Without dialogue. Ooh. One character spoke early in the episode saying, it's cool, we don't have to talk. And then no one speaks for the rest of the episode 
till the very end where a guy where another character goes, it's time we talked. That's funny. And it rules and it's propulsive and it grabs your attention and it, it is truly one of the finest episodes of television I've seen. So it's over in like a couple of episodes though, completely? The season? Yeah, uh, yes. So we're, I think episode six or seven just aired and it's a 10 episode season and that's the end of the series. So we're going to find, find out like there, there's, there's some, the villains have been building to something, some project they need to ship to the Congo and we're pretty sure it's time travel, which what? is wild. Right. Cause like it's been a pretty serious show this whole time. So, but it really feels like we're building up to time travel. What? I hate that. I fucking hate that. As someone who only watched the first season of Mr. Robot, I really hate that. No, this. it works. I swear it works. Okay. Because we don't know for sure. And so, like, my nerd brain is like, it's time travel, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the show was like, no, of course it's a metaphor. We mean some right. other thing. No, it's it's dope. The season's been really good because they're on a huge ticking clock the entire time. So it feels like there's massive tension. Okay. And it's all set at Christmas time, so all the lighting's Fun. really good. Cute. Okay, so I trust you. But yeah. Where where can where can they find you, Caitlin? You can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. And you can find us on the Riverdale Register podcast. Fun fact, John and I hung out for like six hours and didn't take a single photo. No pictures together. I did go back and check. <laughs> really good at yeah. this. Yeah. I honestly think though, John. This is like our 63rd episode. Think about it. Wow. That's fucking dedication. Right. We can't be hard on ourselves. We've spent, you know, we could say we've spent like 63 hours together doing this show, but we all know it's been at least 65 hours together <laughs> doing this we show. We actually had to re-record re- re- three times in our in the podcast history. Only three? I thought it might have been four. Maybe four. I, I think once a season. Yeah, we've we've kept it on the Maybe. down low in the past. Have we? Because we didn't want you all to know how vulnerable we are. Yeah, here's the thing. We are flawed. You can find me on my Twitter at John Patton and my vlog, The Catcher in the Rye. Rye spelled W-R-Y. Good pun. Uh, Caitlin, I believe you're not going to be here next week. That's right. Yes. So most likely I will not be recording with you next week. I have recruited Steven to take your place next week. Amazing. He has to speak in my voice. We'll do a nice big Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Big meal of an episode where we read a lot of reviews. It'll be super fun for Steven to read all those (laughs) reviews that compliment you and me. Well, there is a chilling Sabrina, uh, shout out. We should better make sure we get him that one. Yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty sure that they meant his podcast and off the show. Oh, actually. It would be really so. funny if they're like, oh, a podcast? No, I just meant <laughs> yeah. you got me to watch Chilling Adventures. Yeah, I'm almost positive they meant the podcast. Steven, mm-hmm. if you listen to this, which actually I don't think you do. Yikes. I don't know if he does. Yeah. He knows we do a I know podcast. several people who, whenever I see them now, they go, hey, I don't watch the show, but I've been keeping up with your podcast. That's and- so sweet. I don't know anyone who does that except for Beth. It's her, my mother, uh, oh, mostly. Yeah. No, 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 my parents don't listen to it. Well, shoot, now that's, now I sound dumb saying that. Oh, no, it's okay. No one listens to it in my life, other than the people in your life. That's okay, John. So, anyway. Um, Where can they find you? Oh, we did it. Okay, no, it's fine. My brain's broken. Just end the episode. Okay. Over and out, River Vixens.